0: or Underworld's podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. Jonathan here, continuing our Warband Wisdom series, where Amon and I are taking turns covering each warband with a special guest. We want these episodes to be as evergreen as possible, but as a point of reference, this episode was recorded on August 8th, 2020. Today, my special guest is Rowan Sweeney, who is here to help me talk about the Zarbag's gets. Uh, how are you doing today, Ron? Yeah, I'm doing well, Jonathan. yourself? Good, Good, good. Uh, it's, it's a Monday and I'm done working, so ready to talk some Underworlds. <laughs> nice. Um, some listeners may know you from your blog, um, No Gets, No Glory, um, but we also have some introduction questions here. The first one is, how long have you been involved with uh, Underworlds Hobby?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it would be. Oh, is that coming up two <laughs> years? It must be coming up two years. So, um, I think it was just after Night Vault dropped, my friends and I got into
0: it. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the... boys
1: when you're having fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I have a hard time remembering how much time anything has been this year. So, okay. <laughs> the, the last six months were like a weird black hole, you know, um, the, so did you play any other, uh, games workshop games or tabletop games before that, or was this your first one?
1: No. So I've been in, uh, the games workshop hobby for, years, oh, I reckon. Wow. Um, so predominantly 40 K and then got into age of Sigma for a bit. Um, it was actually interesting though, when got into, um, underworlds, it was kind of when my Games Workshop interest was at a really low ebb, and my friends and I had been mostly playing X-Wing and things like that. And then when this mm-hmm. came along, it was like just boom, and, you know, blew it right back up again. So it's,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, my story is actually pretty similar to that. I think mm. uh, I played maybe three or four games of 8th Edition 40K, and uh, my Marine collection was all little Marines, and I didn't want to buy mm. a new Marine army. <laughs> so... Mm. I was like, well, let's try this game, and I've been pretty hooked ever since. So, yeah. <laughs> um, what would you say you enjoy the most about Underworlds as opposed to some of those other games?
1: Mm. That's another good question. Um, I don't know. It's just I love that you can win the game in various ways, and you're not mm. just, you know, fighting till one person dies, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah also I think with the set warbands I feel like the balance is much better too so you don't get that spammery where it's just these wildly implausible armies that would never work you know even mm-hmm. close to real setting um, and, and less flavor of the month I guess
0: yeah that's true like in for the most part a new you know unit won't come out and throw everything on its head mm-hmm. although I guess we have seen some pretty wild cards in the past <laughs> um cool well are there any special achievements you're currently proud of in the world of underworlds or anything like um, that
1: not especially um i was uh, just been moving my stuff some of my stuff out of my old house and i came across my glass and i was like oh look at that so um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so
0: but
1: yeah um no i just i'm just really happy actually look actually being on this podcast is a bit of an achievement i, I love listening to podcasts, and I, I feel like i'm a little bit of a super fan um of them so yeah just talking with somebody across the world it's pretty crazy
0: yeah yeah it is and I, I i think you should be proud of your blog i think that uh i think you do a great job with the the gets focused content and then i also personally really like a lot of the other content you have that's I would say more focused on like being a better gamer or maybe just a better person <laughs> in general. Yeah. Um. So I, I would definitely recommend that as well. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah.
1: It's been nice. It's, it's good to, I guess, cause I, I started that mostly from a, a thing of, I didn't want to do these long winded posts at Facebook, which just get buried. <laughs> so this yeah. way it's been much more able to take my time and I've got more control over what, what sort of things I put up and how long they, they go for, so yeah, it's been really nice. I, I'm, I'm being very slack on it lately, so I'm going to have to.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you had a post early last month, and I enjoyed that one, but yeah, um, is there anything, are you working on anything game or hobby-wise right now?
1: Um, I'm, I've got into Adeptus Titanicus a bit, so I've been mm. um, building them up and um, painting them, which is nice. Uh, lots of fun. Uh, and then, yeah, just on the to do list is update my decks. Um, and yeah, yeah. Well, there's been, I'm really intrigued by, not Git focused, but really intrigued by um, Sorceress Flourish being unrestricted. And so I've been looking at a couple of maybe Worms or maybe Guardians, because they're probably my two other favorite
0: um, warbands. Um, yeah. Seeing what I can do with those ones. Cool. Cool. Well, let's talk about this warband. Um, Zarbags gets. I, I think obviously you're a bit of a super fan. If you <laughs> <laughs> focus your whole blog on them, um, what is it about the gets that makes them worth learning and playing, in your opinion?
1: Ah, uh, look, I just think they're just so deep. Like, there's so much going on there. Um, and yeah, just so many layers to them. Like, you've got Snare, who's probably one of the most unique fighters in the game, maybe the most unique. Yeah. Um, then you've got Drisket, who's probably in the top three, like the way he changes the, the the dynamics of of the game. You've got your you've got a wizard. Um, you've got Prog, who's an interesting little debuffer, <laughs> and yeah. also, I mean, just on top of that, like you have the most models in the game. Like it, it like nobody else has nine fighters. Um. And then, of course, yeah. particularly now with the change to Thorns, you've got, if not the best, one of the one of the best uh, most action efficient movement mechanics in the game in Scurry. So it's yeah, that's I just, true. Like, and certainly, um, I guess, you know, coming back to writing the blog, I think it's been one of those things where, like, it just seems like the more you invest in them. And the more you get into thinking about them, the more they give back. It's just kind of I, th- I feel like it's a bit like the sepulchral guard in that regard. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just there's always more to learn.
0: Yeah, I think I think mm. you're right. I think that they're a really deep war band. And I think that they've always been maybe at least mid tier, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Um, but they have the potential, they probably have a little bit of a higher potential than the, the guard. Um mm. And I don't think they've been ever been as obviously powerful as the Thorns, <laughs> so <laughs> they're in kind of a unique um, middle yeah. ground there. But um, I think there's mm. been a couple points when they've been been really good. So oh um, yeah. yeah, I feel like just before Christmas,
1: when um, uh, temporary victory had come out, but keep guessing was still
0: in. That mm-hmm. just felt
1: really, putting that on the table. It just felt really.
0: Just rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep them guessing was uniquely good for them because of the way Scurry worked for a little while. Mm. And yeah. um, I, I also remember I would play them back then, and we also had Pure Carnage and Night Nightfall. And oh, yeah. it, just, it just felt like there was so many ways to just get pretty reliable glory. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about the fighters. Um, how would you say, I think you've covered them, pretty well so far, but let's go in a little more detail. Um, what are the fighters like, and how do they work together to make a complete warband?
1: Okay. So, um, well, I mean, again, like because he's so, the warband's so big, it's kind of hard to pick where to start, but I suppose <laughs> yeah. um, if you start with the archers, um, so uh, Redcap, Stickit, and uh, Driz- uh, Dibs, um They're pretty uninspiring when it comes to their attacks. Like (laughs) a range three, two sword, one damage attack. Um, Yeah. And uninspired, the three move, uh, two wound, one dodge, Um, which seems kind of bad. But then when they inspired a four move and two dodge, and Mm -hmm. the inspiration mechanic is so easy and so reliable, um, they actually become really, really quite resilient and... You know, they can go everywhere they need to go. Um, so these archers, they seem bad, but they'll do lots of work. They'll hold objectives. They can make support. Um, they can carry weapons. Um, and look, don't discount, like, that That um, that shooting attack is not nothing. You know, you can really... Like, I've won games, like, making a Faneway crystal charge and knocking somebody off an objective or... Um, or just dealing that vital point of damage. Um, Yeah, they'll do lots of work. And, of course, um, just even having Scurry is just so useful. Um, Mm -hmm. So probably then um, you might... The next one to probably look at then would be Prog. Um, So he's just another Goblin, so same stat line as the others. Um, But he's got quite an accurate attack. So he really benefits from um, any sort of attack like great strength or sting of the ear grub is really good on him. Um, mm-hmm. but he's just really good if you want If you need somebody knocked off an objective, um, he's your man. Yeah. Uh, I mean I wouldn't necessarily go to his debuff attack as, as anything sort of uh, strategic. But you might do it in a tactical sense. Um, like I think the, the biggest issue there is it only lasts the next act- activation, right? I think. Um, and so you know, nine times in ten, someone would go, "All right, they are debuffed. Okay, I'll do something else." Occasionally, they'll they'll need to use that attack, but I, again, it's not something I'd go out and base, base a piece of strategy around.
0: Yeah, when I was playing them a lot. Um... I really liked his three smash, but I would say that mm. the, his his reaction, or it's not even really a reaction, that ability just I, I've probably used it, but a lot of the time they'll just attack with somebody else or something like yeah. that. But um, I, when I was playing them a lot, it was when it was in Nightfall when we had concealed weapon, and he was a great um,
2: candidate Ooh, yeah.
0: for that, along with Zarbag mm. and Drisket. Um, so yeah, he's he's a cool, cool little fighter. Um, do you yeah. think he's do you think of him as being more useful than the archers or maybe just a side grade? <laughs> yeah,
1: he probably I reckon side grade is fairly
0: fair. Yeah. Um he's always the
1: one when I'm deploying. I go, what what am I what am I going to achieve with you, <laughs> you know? Um <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, look, that's the best part about, you know, I guess focusing on a sort of a more objective game is you can you can definitely Get plenty of value out of them, even if they just stand there. Um, but no, I'd say he's probably side grade. Um, <laughs> yeah. Although and he it. can, sorry, just opened up there, he can get uh, yeah mileage out of great strength and uh, sting of the air grub. So yeah. probably
0: that's a slight edge. Um, yeah, that's true. I think if you, yeah. I think that's especially true if you're not running a lot of weapons. Mm. Um, sometimes you just need that that attack to knock somebody off something. So yeah, sure. I, I also liked what you said about the, um, the archer attacks, um, you know, two fury isn't great, but it's still, you know, about 40%, I think um, mm. against most single defense dice. And in my experience, you know, that's, they will hit. And if you're doing, if you're, if your real goal is to move on to an objective or, you know, trigger a scurry or something like that, you know, you'll take the extra damage here and there. Um mm can also be nice for like keep chopping or uh, I know some people have run warning shot as well. So mm. Warning nice. shot's really great for buffing their accuracy a lot.
2: Um, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, recall
1: that's... one game um, as playing against a mate with Thundric and he put reinforced armor and I'm thinking beauty, you know, two defense dice, reinforced armor. This is a sure thing to score, <laughs> score warning shot.
0: And I double credited him twice. Wow.
2: I just want
0: to <laughs> Yeah, good old good old warning shot. <laughs> That's funny. Um Okay, so I think those those are all the basic squares. Yeah. For, for for me, those are all the ones that I painted yellow and then yeah. the uh the big three I painted red. So <laughs>
1: That's nice. Yeah.
0: Mine mine are all red. Um that my squigs are
1: green. I, I've, I, I don't think I've actually put my models on my blog. I should really do that. I did that with my um, my wolves, but not my actual gets Oh, yeah. Um, mm, um, so, uh, although we, we have, of course, yeah, now leaning into the big three. So I might start with um, Zarbak. Mm-hmm. So he's, um, he's a good fighter. Um, three Fury two damage, and then getting cleave when he inspires is really nice. Yep. Um, I feel like he he is a wizard, level two, but I feel he's a bit too fragile to really invest in spells. Um, I used to before Sphere of she was um, restricted. I, I threw that in and um, mm. uh, the Jealous Hex, but mm, I think I was still kind of finding out. That was, that was early days, and I think I was just finding out what, what they did, really. Um, but what I've found really useful of late, particularly since um, Buried Instinct has come out,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is I've been using him up front a lot mm. because he starts with two dodge out of the gate. And okay. two dodge and three health, um, he can be really good. Like, if, if you're deploying a board... With say one starting hex that's on the on that first line, and if you drop him there, um, it kind of blunts the potential for somebody to to deal, you know, charge in and kill somebody straight off the off the off the bat. So that can be, yeah, it's been quite effective of uh, for late of late.
0: Yeah, yeah, he has some solid stats. Um, mm. I think I agree about the spells. I, I used to run a few spells. Um, I like Absol's Withering, um, Fear mm-hmm. of Akshi, um, and then their version of the Withering Jealous Hex. Yeah. Um, but I think you're. I think that if you do play with spells, then you have to be a lot more careful with him because you don't want those cards to be dead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I think you're definitely right about that. Um, and yeah, the cleave is cleave is great. So I. Mm. I think in some matchups you'd want to be careful if um, people were able to do three damage right off the bat, but I want to say that may be less common nowadays um, as long as you're careful about the lethal axes. So. Yeah,
1: I agree. I, uh, it I could see playing him like aggressively. Mm.
0: It yeah. does feel like
1: with the three damage it feels like it's a bit less. I don't know if that's just a – maybe that's because people are more taking warbands like Thorns and um, – yeah. I mean, even though they can both do it, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd I, I have to um, uh, – Stephen Van, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's still posting at the moment, but he usually does those things. We're looking at the average damage and
2: stuff. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess I haven't really thought about it too much, but um, – hmm. I think I could see playing him a little bit more aggressively. And, um, you know, his his attack is really is really good. One of the things that yep. um, I've been talking to uh, Jimmy a little bit about his deck, because he's been playing these guys recently, mm-hmm. is uh, one of the cool things about the Gets is that they really have um, some pretty good aggressive stats early in the game. Um, yeah. If you look at their fighters, they have four fighters with two damage, um, pretty reliable attacks, either two smash mm-hmm. or three fury and uh, if you just throw those at people a lot of the time it's going to kill stuff um and really one of the only other uh war bands that is like that is something he's pointed out is magor's fiends so you can almost compare the aggressive early power um to magor's fiends which are great stats you know you don't quite have the defensive ability you know per fighter but um i've I've always found that interesting
1: yeah i'd heard that too um I, I don't know whether you'd put that up or whether he'd done that as well, but yeah, it was that was an interesting thing of, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, because as yeah. I said, like, I tend to play fairly, uh, I guess, defensively or conservatively. So um, yeah, it was kind of interesting to sort of look at what
0: you actually, you know, what you've actually got there. Um, yeah. How, how do you think about Drisgett and the Squigs? Ah, well, so the Squigs...
1: Um, um, I mean, now you've built them up with, with the smash attacks <laughs> and the two damage. Um, look, they, yeah, I mean, that's what they are. They're basically ballistic missiles. You know, they can't hold objectives, um, and that can make it a bit difficult to score passive glory, although it is nice to run them through a lethal hex and um, get ke- uh, a calculated risk. Yeah. Um, and But I think the main thing that frustrates me about the squigs is that they're slow. They they never go above three move, and um and that I find just always I'm just
2: you know <laughs> late late
1: game when you're trying to map out your charges and you're like ah just go that little bit faster please, um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah that's once, once they become inspired though they really do become quite genuinely scary with three three hammers and two damaging cleave um, with that also that lovely two dodge. Um, so, I mean, they're not my they're not my favorite, though. I do have a, a, a soft spot for Bonecracker, um, and usually, because I don't put it, like, upgrades on him. If somebody kills Bonecracker, I'm like, do you mind if I just switch these models?
0: <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. So, and I think it's interesting Drizgit's relationship with them. Mm. Um, when he dies, they inspire. I think mm. I've seen two different ways. Um, to play that, I think some people will charge Drisket in early and kind mm. of make you make that like bad decision of do I kill Drisket and inspire the squigs. Mm. Um, and then I think I've seen other people just kind of because the because the squigs can't hold objectives. If you're trying to hold objectives, they're not really as valuable to you. So you may play early aggressive with them and then um, you know not really want Drisket to die um, as much. Um, how do you usually think about that interaction?
1: I I feel like that's often a bit of a tactical decision. Like it depends mm-hmm. on who you're playing against. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously some some warbands aren't just gonna like they've got their program built in and they're probably not even gonna try and um, attack get too much, or you know, or they're gonna just attack whoever's closest. Um, yeah. Uh, but I tend to be a bit more reserved with Drusket. Like I'll tend to put him back a bit, um, and he, I try and make that forced bad decisions, particularly when we had the luxury of an unrestricted cryptic companion. <laughs> I used to love putting that and or um, like Formless Key or Time of Glories on him, and then that was kind of my Okay, you can kill my glory engine, but if you do, I'm gonna have two really powerful chompy little little guys. So that oh, yeah. would be probably how I would do it. But um, yeah, Drizzt. I was actually I was actually gonna state Drizzt to last because he's my he's my favorite guy. Um, just I love the way how and congratulations to the design team for the way how they mm-hmm. managed to make a nine model warband actually have some flexibility in deployment. Yeah. That's true. And just and just that that ability to yeah the squigs can just change things so much in terms of yeah how you use them. I personally like to um like when you were saying about if if I'm holding objectives and the squigs aren't so valuable,
2: mm-hmm. I find
1: they're really good to actually just clock space. Like you can put them in a in a way that that will almost make a bit of a wall. And if they're sitting next to each other, you can. Um, you can have them basically provide supports to each other and then they're kind of a bit more resilient or even that psychological thing of, oh, I don't want to go in there. Those guys are going to gonna, are gonna you know, kill my guy. So I find that quite a good way to use them, just this defensive clogging or um, or contributing through uh, yeah. popping up scrum or uh, mad scurry they're really good for. Um,
0: yeah I was gonna ask do you use the uh, Drisket action very often where if the squigs are next to him he can do a super action where they all take a move action. Mm. so yeah if, if I've got
1: um, uh, Mad Scurry in hand yeah, always yeah. it's just a great way. you can um, you can get uh, like on the the board with the three hexes in when I mean, three starting hexes in a row um, yeah
2: yeah
1: that one you can score Mad Scurry off the get-go. If <laughs> you yeah. action. Um and then it then it's a bit funny sometimes I'll do that and kind of just move them from side to side and kind of keep them in a bit of a clump. Like just don't don't attack my guys, but uh, you know, they're gonna score me some glory. Or else um yeah, I, I find that I, I'd use that action I wouldn't say yeah. every game, but it'd be maybe maybe every other game I'd use that action.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's a nice tool to have. Um, I think if you're playing Mad Scary, it gets a lot more valuable. It's, it's also mm-hmm. great for blocking, um, like yeah. you said. So that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that he's your favorite. I think it makes sense though. He is he is flexible, and uh, the blocking is cool. I think Snark has always been my favorite, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess we'll talk about him next. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, um just well just
1: a little bit more and just get I sure. also I, I like using him as kind of a counter charge piece as well. Like if you can get great strength or or yeah. sting or a weapon, his attack, particularly when inspired, is really good. And he's very strong at being able to just you know sit on an objective for the first round. And then maybe when somebody's a bit weaker, come in um and and, and hit. He's yeah, really. And that that would be how i would use him most times
0: yeah especially once you inspire i mean three smashes you know basically as accurate as it gets mm. um without without buffs and then when you do buff him with something like inspired attack or sting of the air grab or you know anything like that he he'll kill mm. a, a lot of fighters so um yeah. cool cool mm. great model too i love yes. the <laughs> like little pot on his, on his back and stuff so yeah cool
1: and yeah of course as, as you said Snurk is last um and i find him a bit of an enigma um like <laughs> yeah. he's got great potential but it's both for killing and for disappointment so <laughs> <laughs> yep
0: like you
1: know sometimes sometimes you got to play the odds and then occasionally they'll just bite you um so yeah, I, I feel like I peak and trough, you know, like sometimes I'll just go, yep, we go, we got to go for this. And, and he ends up doing great. And then other times, I, I, you know, he lets me down and then I won't, won't activate him for a game <laughs> or two. Um,
0: yeah, I, it, back in the days of Hidden Paths, uh, oh. when you could just hide him in the back and then Hidden Paths forward and then get obliterated, I, I would use him a lot.
2: Mm.
0: now the way I've seen people use him is they might scurry him onto an objective, get him inspired. And then he's just kind of this danger zone that you don't want to go near. Yeah. The difference between his inspired side and his uninspired side are pretty incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, and that is, that's how I've been using him a lot. Um, is, is that that kind of psychological, threat where people just don't want to go near him um yeah which, which is great um and particularly if you've got maybe him on one side and the squigs on the other you've almost got these two little zones where people are a bit hesitant to go into there which is nice um, and good at controlling um another thing and this was something i did uh listen to on on uh, the Battlecast's um, video with with uh, James Mullaney was um, talking about his reaction window
2: mm-hmm.
1: and how they share that, like his Inspire reaction um, shares windows with things like Trap, about uh, Pit Trap rather. Um,
0: yeah. All the, of the uh, Attack Again reactions, yep. like uh, mm. I like think Tireless Assault, Endless Malice, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and also the, um, the um, snail fangs attacks as well. Yeah, anything that's after mm. an attack action, mm. as long as that attack action is the end of the activation, or anything that's after an activation. So mm. very, very powerful to be able to just hold that until yep. um, it's time to block something. And then the I would say one of the my frustrations with the way the reactions work is usually the opponent is going to show their hand and say, oh, I'm mm. gonna try tireless assault, and then you say, oh, sorry, I have <laughs> snark. And if they didn't yeah. give you the five seconds, then it's kind of this weird, weird area. But yeah.
1: So my little strategy, and I mean, admittedly, I've not done this at like a grand clash or anything, but
2: mm-hmm. what
1: I'll do there is when, because normally it'll it'll be you know when when you've got the the reaction, so you're holding the defense dice, and before you roll, I just say. Depending on the outcome of this role, would you mind just giving me a second because I may have a reaction? And I feel like when you've got Snurk on the board, you're not necessarily going to be giving away that much information. So, right. Yeah. I'd rather rather give that little edge than have a big fight about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, we don't, I mean, really, the opponent should wait for you to inspire Snurk or not. Yeah. Um, and we don't really want to. I don't. I don't. I think. I think anytime we're playing a game, we don't want to win or you know get an advantage because of a gotcha moment. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I could even see just you know making sure the other player knows you know hey I can do this at any time. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> make sure. Um. And if I guess if you're playing against them and you know you have those reactions, you could even ask your opponent, "Are you going to inspire Snurk now?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just do that every time. So. <laughs> It's definitely sure. something to be aware of, though, that the way yeah. that reaction works. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think one thing I want to say about his uh, inspired ability, um, obviously it can miss, but it's actually pretty accurate. Um, yeah. I think, I think I've think i done the math, and as long as there's no other fighters or you know walls or anything in the way, um, it's about a 65% chance to do three damage um, wow. in that. If you you know, you pointed at the hammer. You'll probably roll a hammer, and then um, you'll probably roll two other things that hammer can lead into, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, which is, you know, about the same as a three smash attack probably. Um, Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Of course, the downside can be a little bit (laughs) worse sometimes. Um, You know, you might end up in a lethal. You might hit the wall. You might hit another friendly fighter. Something like that.
1: Yeah, Um, or do that one where it's perfectly
2: circumnavigates the fighter and gets three just around them. What are yeah. you even doing?
0: <laughs> Sometimes you get those really clutch rolls though where you roll and you end up on an objective or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. definitely has some highs and lows, but mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't consider it unreliable. You just want to keep it in mind that, you know, you will miss 40% of the time or, you know, you will yeah. you know it, it's also unique in that it can sort of succeed and do like one or two damage um, Mm. as well as, you know, sometimes going the distance, but
2: yeah.
0: it also works great with lethal hexes. If you can knock people into that, but yeah, true. Cool. Um, Are there anything else you want to talk about the fighters before we get a little bit deeper in?
1: Not especially. I, I am aware that I haven't really answered your question about, um, how they function as a war band as a whole, but I feel like we'll get onto that a bit <laughs> later on. So,
0: yeah, yeah, let's let's talk about let's talk about their inspire condition a little bit. What do oh. you think about that?
1: Well, um, so they got three, and two of well, I think they're all great in their own way. So, <laughs> yeah, Frog um, and the Archers and Dresget and Zarbag. Uh, I think that's everybody. Um, all inspire when you get three glory. And, and that's just right. so cool. And that, like, <laughs> probably, probably when when Nightbolt, when, when they were on release, that wouldn't have been nearly so good. But now mm-hmm. that there's so many good surges, like, I've yeah. lost count of the amount of times that I've inspired all of my guys in the first activation.
0: Like, right. you know just <laughs> <laughs> calculated risk temporary victory swift capture yeah scrum. Scrum. yeah
2: it's
0: it it gets a bit
1: insane um and then as yeah. i mentioned to mentioned earlier like just buffing all of your movement and all your defense stats on everybody but driscate um yeah is is so good um and I think, and this is where I show my super fan, I think it was Tony Field who said um, that, like, if you can get a single support, then $2 is as good as two shields. And
0: yeah, and when you've got nine fighters, that's so easy to do. <laughs> yeah, they're probably the best at giving support. Um, mm. I think we've already covered the other two inspirations yeah. as well. Mm. Um, sure. And... I think that, I guess I would say early game, the priority with these guys is to get inspired mm-hmm. uh, because the benefits you get from it are so good. That that second defense dice is massive. Uh, yeah. The math and, and it just changes does, the math so much.
1: Oh, yeah. And that does actually, um, and also like the spatial maths, like just for mm-hmm. things like swift capture, getting that extra um, movement, or if you're fighting Grimwatch, being able to, um you know get into their getting deep into their territory um also changes things as well um and i suppose i mean we'll, we'll talk about weaknesses later but you know that's probably one of the most obvious downsides is like you can have these amazing snowball early games if things are going right but if things are going badly it kind of compounds that issue um because right. that inspiration is so good but because it's reliant on your accruing glory. And if you've got a bad objective or you get some bad roles, yeah, it can be a long game at least until, you know, hopefully round two. And then things will pick up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that if you draw into a hand, um, it, it may be a little bit matchup dependent, you know, how many losses you think you might take, but if you draw mm-hmm. into a hand early and it doesn't look like you're going to be able to inspire, um, you may want to mulligan that. Um, yeah, and I, I think one of the things that we'll, we'll probably get into a little more is it, the Gits tend to have a lot of glory in their decks. So mm. I think you can sort of afford to do that, um, maybe a little bit more mm-hmm. than some other warbands. Yeah. Um, I think we can talk about some of their other weaknesses though, and then we can go to their strengths. Um, sure. what would you say are some of the other weaknesses of the way this warband's put together?
1: Okay. So, I mean, look, it's just about low health is a, is a big one. Um, <laughs> yeah like lethal hexes now that they're deployable that's that's really bad i mean you know like you've got what six of your nine fighters have two health (laughs) like that's that's about as bad as i think we're ever going to see um i don't know that we'll ever see a one health fighter um and now that you know you've got things like collapse uh that's that i'm not a fan of that card um
0: it's a good thing we don't have a shard gale anymore (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> or even um you know i just find that uh, things like uh unchecked energy can be nasty um yeah Cry of thunder uh oh, just those those splash attacks are really um yeah really quite nasty um and i guess probably another another weakness that you might you might consider one is that You're kind of a bit of jack of all trades, like,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and this is particularly I find with when picking upgrades, it can be quite tricky because if I'm using weapons, the squigs can't use them, and if I'm picking great strength, the archers can't use them. Right. um, Unless they have a weapon, but yeah, true, true. Um, Although, and then then the then the low health comes in, and then you put two upgrades on a two health fighter, and then. (laughs) And then yep. that's not that's not ideal. So it's not like say, um, well, we talked about Magors earlier, where you can throw all of the upgrades on because you've essentially got four copies of the same fighter, like they all right. do the exact same thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, whereas whereas the yeah. um yeah, not so much. Um, and yeah, I, I think another, another one is just that thing that occasionally because because you're dealing with um, low health fighters occasionally you'll just ship a ton of glory
0: um yep yeah bleeding glory i think is probably the weakness of every large mm warband and this is the largest (laughs) warband so they have the most to give up really yeah
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. okay but I mean, I, I feel like that's basically the, the main weaknesses. I wouldn't be that into yeah. them if they
0: had more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think probably the last thing that I was able to think of is um, if you're not careful with your positioning, um, if mm. you maybe you get that first scurry off, but then your guys aren't really next to each other. Um, sometimes you'll be too spread out um, yeah. and you'll, you'll have a lot of fighters and you'll need to be in a lot of different places and if you haven't positioned correctly, um, then sometimes you'll find that it doesn't seem like you have enough activations to do everything you need to do with all those yeah. fighters. Yeah, um, for sure. Unlike and the Thorns, they can't just you know move everybody anytime they want. They mm-hmm. really may only get one, two good scurries if you're not careful. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. Um, and I probably wouldn't be... I mean, I tend to just bank on those and then... Mm-hmm. from like i wouldn't be trying to again uh, maybe tactically you might oh i can center of attention here and then i can go here here and here right but i wouldn't okay. be basing my strategy around doing that in the in the late game either but you did uh, i think that also alludes to another one that i feel like can be both a strength and a weakness mm-hmm. in that and we'll, we'll get onto it later Um. They have board um like they're quite choosy about the boards. Like some boards I just
2: mm. I just
1: can go, No, that 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 won't work. Um whereas <laughs> others it's like, Yep, this has what I need.
0: Yeah, they certainly like the um, the new one with the three hexes right in the middle. Oh uh- yeah the uh, one with the amber board on the other side of it i forget what it's called yeah the,
1: uh... you know if we're gonna get one this year like i couldn't see that on the on the roadmap. <laughs> and i'm like
0: yeah that's bought. true
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah there there isn't there wasn't a mention of that on the uh the roadmap i'm not sure okay. yeah hopefully hopefully we do um i guess they i know they discontinued the one from shade spire so hmm. um i don't know that'd be I interesting do- yeah, mind you, I mean, if I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be sad
1: if I had to keep using that three, three hex board for another six months. That would not make me
0: particularly sad. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a, that's a that is an interesting board, and with them, it's one of the easiest ones to get <laughs> the temporary oh. victory. Uh, it has the lethal for calculated risk and mm-hmm. um, scrum as well. So yep. it's definitely a good one good for time. them. <laughs> <laughs> um I, how hard would you say this warband is to play? They don't really strike me as the Sorry, I lost you there. Oh, I was saying how how hard um do you find this warband is to play? Do you think that's a strength or a weakness? Is, I I would say they're probably medium to difficult.
1: I think so. Um I think that I think that's a pretty good assessment. Um in saying that I feel like it might not be as hard as some people, you know, some people go, oh, the Gets, that's so crazy. I couldn't possibly do that. There's so many things to think <laughs> about. And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, and, look, and then I've got to take a step back and say, well, is that just because I've internalised all of those things I need to think about or yeah. is it actually that there isn't maybe as much? Um, so I would say that they're not going to be the kind of things that you'd want to be net decking the day before a grand, grand clash and going in cold. Yeah. But um at the same time I feel like there's levels to it and I think you can kind of progress from just simple stuff like okay let's let's not you know let's not have half my warband guild in the first round you know and then <laughs> we'll, um and let's focus maybe on like I think I think the thing for me where when my play skill with them uh, improved was when I thought, when I realized that I needed to think about deployment ahead of time, so mm-hmm. instead of just going, okay, I've got nine fighters and I have no idea where they should go, to actually sitting down at home <laughs> and then plotting out some strategies and you know writing those board articles, I really felt that that kind of crystallized, um, yeah, the, my my first my first movements. Like I, I end up with a couple of little. Uh, scripts that I'll do most times, um, you yeah. know, scoring yeah. on some objectives and making sure that I'm setting up a supremacy play, maybe even if I don't have it in hand because I know I'm going to draw it. And I think right. the other thing when I started thinking about that was it was a really nice way to, I suppose, bridge that link between models on the table, models on the board and a deck list because I'm like, yeah. okay, well, you know, if I want, say, if I want to score... Matt's Curry. i'm going to need some fighters to be somewhere near drisket so i can chain three or four off there you know if i if i've got calc- calculated risk in my deck i'm probably going to want to board with a lethal hex you know things like that just um i found that thinking about that ahead of time really helped me you know in, in the longer term um yeah yeah, um, yeah. and
0: i I I think that's probably good for any warband, but I think you're right that this Mm. one in particular, um, I I think there's just a higher level of complexity um, Mm. when it comes to how they work. Um, You know, they have Mm. so many fighters, you only have four activations. Um, The scurry is kind of a unique mechanic. Um, Their inspire is unique, Surf's pretty unique. So I I think they take some getting used to. Um, Mm. Do do you think there are any strengths that we haven't um, already mentioned? I mean, I feel like we should probably
1: give that to Scurry. Um, yeah. Just that is, I mean, particularly as I, as I said earlier, with, with the FAQ to Thorns, or the rather to Thorns, um, it's just so good. Um, so, I mean, I presume everybody knows what Scurry is. Um, I'm not so good on verbatim, but it's a reaction. <laughs> so if a model makes a move action, and it started next to another model with scurry. They can make a reaction and then make a move action themselves. And that can be part of a super action. So uh, the, the the initial one. So you mm-hmm. can charge with one person and then scurry with another. Um, yeah. And that's just such a crazy level of action economy. And I mean, even if you're only, you know, we said, oh, if you if you're only getting two or three good, or oh, you know, one or two scurries, that's still, you know, you're hitting 15, 16 activations in a game. And when everybody
0: right. else is twelve, that that's just so so powerful. Um, yeah, especially because they can chain together like that. You can scurry mm-hmm. with one fighter, and then scurry with the fighter that was next to them. And I mean, theoretically, I guess you could do all what six of them. Yeah, <laughs> that might be hard. that might be a little hard to pull off, but or maybe, oh, maybe seven. It could with, be uh, seven, yeah. Yeah, with Snark before he inspires. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, even if you just sometimes, even if you just have one scurry, you know, that's one fighter moving and then one on an objective. And if you can get two, that's three. And so, um, mm. very, very powerful the, uh, the the how much flexibility that gives them, especially in that first round.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and also I, I think the other thing about it that's really um, sets it apart from the sepulchral guard and the thorns is it's not contingent on like a, a linchpin fighter. Yeah. So, you know, if you take out the warden or you take out, um, Varklav, things get really tricky for those warbands. And, and like, I can remember one time, um, back in season one playing or before the rotation in season two, rather playing, uh, frozen in time in the very first power step on someone's Varklav. <laughs> and they just went, Oh, <laughs> Because, yeah. it, you know, it just makes such a big difference to how, how that Warband out. Whereas, yeah, that. I don't care. You know, because you, you do have that decentralized um, ability where you only need two of them standing
0: next to each other. Right. Yeah, I, so I, I think it is cool how they don't really have, like, one really important fighter that you absolutely have to kill, like, you know, maybe the Queen or Varclav or yeah. definitely the Warden. I think that's a great example. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I think, a, I think a, an important goblin is something of a contradiction in terms, really. <laughs> so it's nice that they built that into the mechanics of the game. Um, but, yeah, with scurries, I just encourage everybody to just have a go. Like, you can just do that at home, you know, set up a board and see what you can do. Um, I find yeah. that fun. I mean, maybe that says a lot about me, but, it, yeah, just <laughs> some of those, like, just even being able to do something where you know, you might want to make a charge, but you also want to set up your supremacy play. Well, that's easy. You know, there's it's just, it.
0: yeah.
1: I can talk at an about it.
2: It's so good. Yeah.
0: When, when, when it's done well, it, it really, like the superiority of the action economy um, mm. really makes it so clear. And I've noticed sometimes when, you have gets on you know three maybe even four sometimes objectives. It can be so hard to just clear them off because um, mm. the other person only gets you know one activation at a time as well. So if you move on to two, it's going to take them two activations to clear you off. Um, so I think that's one of the things that makes them so good at you know getting things like supremacy and um, the mm. other objective holding cards. The other cool thing about there just being so many of them and none of them being that important is like it feels like you almost always have one more get to throw a weapon on and then make a charge or, you know, jump on an objective. Mm-hmm. And it, it, can be, it can be difficult to sort of get ahead of their, just the number of bodies that they have. So yeah, I've always sure. thought that was interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so let's go into what strategies and play styles um, you think that the gets are good at. Do you have, like, a preferred way to play them, and do you think there are any powerful alternates?
1: Yeah, well, certainly, um, as, as I've mentioned, I tend to find that kind of um, you know being fairly risk-averse and not wanting to roll too many um, attack dice. I find that that sort of hold objective style works pretty well, which kind of almost flexes into a control approach, like just trying to again mitigate the losses um when i had both nightmare and distraction Mm -hmm. before nightmare was restricted that was great to just be able to really lean into making sure that i could push people off objectives and push people away from my guys and stuff um so i feel that that's quite successful and you know so long as there's temporary victory supremacy you know Swift sort of capture things like that in the game. They're going to be good at standing on objectives. Um, but as we've said, I think that the... Uh, the Jimmy's aggro version looks really interesting. Um,
0: as yeah. I said, I, I, might, I might have to sleeve that up and see how it goes. Um, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. I, know, I know that in Night Vault, um, I would say, I guess right towards the end, um, when I was about to go to Nova open, um, I was, I was playing a lot of Gits and I almost brought them to Nova. Mm. Um, the only thing I think that kept me from it was, um, how hard Shard Gale, um, kind of countered them. And yeah. the way I was playing them was very, very aggressive. Like I still had supremacy. I still had, I may even have had, uh, our only way out, you know, cause they're just so good at standing on stuff. You might as well. Um. Yeah. But then I had Pure Carnage, I had Concealed Weapon, um, a couple of the other good weapons. And because you can turn almost any of them into a pretty decent threat, um, it worked pretty well. And then at the end, you'd get the bonus from Pure Carnage, because even if you lost a bunch of guys and killed a few, mm. you still probably got that three glory boost. It's kind of like um, Martyred now, but it was mm. like a three glory end of the game kind of Martyred. Um, and that's yeah. not available anymore. But right now we have uh, the Amberbone weapons, mm. which um, give you extra glory when you get those kills, which you know in a lot of ways can be the same thing. And um, it, similarly, it can turn any of them into a threat, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, um,
1: and actually, sorry, I did just kind of think of one more, and this is a fairly minor weakness that that weapons get around, like particularly like Guardian yeah, Clay. Sure lava lance and uh bone spear is that mm-hmm. they don't have any range two attacks so that can like, they're all one one and three um yeah that's so true. being able to have that you know it's it, as i said it's it's a fairly minor thing but i i do appreciate having range two weapons um and, and i'll usually throw in like lava lance is pretty um
0: yeah pretty much yeah. A, a standard yeah, I played, I played Larvalance a little bit with them, especially in the third round. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah.
1: Um, and when and you... if you've
0: got that, if you're holding
1: it in that third turn, mm-hmm. that, that thing of making anybody a threat just becomes amazing
0: because you can just go,
1: right, well, where can I make a charge in that first round and dunk somebody over the head with it?
0: Yeah, and the range in particular makes that uh, really, really scary. Mm. Yeah. Um, when you're playing them, the more um, I would say objective focused and kind of sort of control focused, like you said. Um, what do you? What is your strategy as far as um, you know trying to reduce the amount of glory that you give up by dying? Um, do you just try to outscore through positioning it's, or
1: roll row crits, Jonathan roll crits. <laughs> it's it's oh, okay.
2: the
1: <laughs> it's the John race method. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, uh, so I I do tend to use um the guard action a bit. Um, oh, yeah. So because you've got that, like the guard is often one that you, you you do kind of. It's like that. In, it's always on the bubble. You know, you never have the time. <laughs> well, once yeah. you get that action economy up, you can kind of luxuriate a bit there. Um, uh, survival instinct being restricted is a a big loss. But um yeah. buried instinct is always in. Um and as I was saying earlier, another part of that mitigation is to um put the bag up front um and kind right. of just just trust the odds a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah
0: especially if like you the, have buried instinct in your hand. Yeah
1: uh,
0: yeah that's so nice. Yeah.
1: Um and uh other than that I think it's just really making I guess thinking ahead and thinking where you need to position yourself, and mitigate that. If you're not scurrying people onto objectives, you can scurry them into positions where, I mean, setting up a defensive support is really hard because people can usually just move one space away, but you can still get a bit of control over the board um, that way. And then of course, as I mentioned earlier, the the squeaks, like they, they are quite good at just clogging space protecting important fighters, you know, cutting down your lanes. And of course you've also got the lethal hex. So if you can like I, I generally when we were talking about Scurry before, I, I really like an open, fairly open board. Um
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I've been using the the um is it the mirrorwell? The the one with the skull face in the in the thing? It's one um, of the original
0: I think so.
1: Yeah. yeah. I believe that is the mirror well. Yeah, cool. Um, that one I've been using a bit, and I, I probably almost say that's one of my favourite now, just because it's completely open. And so I usually find myself moving, spending most of my time moving within my own board, and then only maybe late game, popping somebody out, or if I need to get um, Swift Capture off, one guy will go a little bit into territory, but not not too far. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'd probably say that that's... That's my main strategy is to just, I guess, make my numbers count where they can and then just concentrate on on using that push tech, using that defensive tech to try and minimize the clean, you know, the the high high value attacks that I might uh, receive.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I I think the board setup is probably uh, extra important in that situation. Mm. I think the Merrowell is a good one because it has... um, Two instances of two starting hexes right next to each other, which can be really good. Yeah, that, that's basically my, <laughs> that's my ground floor. I won't, I won't
1: go
2: below two.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, cool, cool. Um, I think, let's go to their um, faction cards. What, what faction cards do you consider um, to be worth taking or uh, maybe the best? How do you think about their faction cards?
1: Um, in general, they're not particularly uh, great. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> couldn't say that. Um, I'll probably start... Obliterated is contentious, um, and mm. I know that, that Jimmy, like, I, I listened to a bit of that, um, that video, and he was saying that he doesn't like it, and I don't particularly like it either, just because it is it does have the potential to sit in your hand and you're almost right. re- really, um, like, it compounds those odds. Like, as we said, you know, it can be really good and you can score it like that. Or, you know, it can sit in your hand and you never get a good opportunity to use it, and particularly um, when you're fighting against, like, predominantly four-wound models.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, whether it's Magaws or Wolf Boys or... Um, uh Wormspat or
0: curse breakers right.
1: in particular,
0: you know, you may as well just
1: toss that away.
2: <laughs>
0: um yeah, I, I think now with the limit to surges, it's just not mm, reliable enough. Mm, and mm. and and I think losing hidden paths is a big a big part of that as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I used to take hidden paths and shadowed step. And between mm. the two of those I felt like I could pretty reliably get Snurk next to someone and then probably get the kill Um, and he's he's so defensive i don't know if we really mentioned the fact that he has three dodge um but that's so hard to get through that you don't usually mind being aggressive with him but i don't think that uh i've found obliterated to be not quite reliable enough in the current in the current meta but previously um i've had a lot of success with it so it may just be a bit of a meta call what kind of teleports are available how do they work um, you could probably mm. try to make it work with uh, the Shifting Reflection right now, but I still don't think it's quite as reliable as Hidden Paths. So. No, no, it's definitely not. Um, I but had some I, games in Night Vault where I think I would inspire him after the first activation, Hidden Paths, and Score Obliterated, and inspire in my first activation. Yeah. So <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that, really. No,
1: um, I, I think I think you also touch on another point there, which is I feel when we come up to our next rotation, Obliterated should come back into the conversation because it's being kept out now by the number of really good um, surges that are that are important for this warband to take. Right. Once those rotate out. Um, I mean, there probably won't be that many when I think about it. But at some point, Obliterated will probably come back into the conversation, but we'll see. Um, as far as favourites, I, I really like Mad Scurry. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting because I was I was dead against Mad Scurry for a while because I kept finding it kept clogging in my hand. And then what was interesting was I actually found out that that was the fault of Obliterated. And no, so, no. for some reason, I mean, I guess it's because of where you, you, you're, you're putting your actions. But I found that once I got rid of Obliterated and I wasn't focusing on getting kills with Snurk, Mad Scurry became so much easier to score, um, which was an interesting one. And it was just one of those things that happened by dumb luck. Like I just went on to Underworlds TV <laughs> and built a deck list and went, tried, it, tried a few hands and I went, wow, this is really coming out really nicely. What's different? And then I went, oh, there's no Obliterated. So um, and and yeah, since then I have not looked back. Um, other ones that are good in the objective space, um, malicious kill. Uh, Jimmy's mm-hmm. deck has that, and that looks really nice. I, I wouldn't say I'm qualified enough to recommend it um, because <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, as I said, I haven't gone there, I haven't had the courage. Um, yeah. My only worry there is that sometimes. Like if you draw that first round, and it might be a while before you can even have a chance to score
0: that. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and having played against Jimmy a few times, I would say that um, you pretty much would only take this in a very aggressive deck. Hmm. And if you do draw it in your first hand, uh, if that if the rest of that hand isn't very good, like and it doesn't have surges and things, um, hmm. you probably just throw it away. Yeah. 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 And I, I think Mad Scoury is interesting, sort of for the opposite reason. Um, I think you love it in the first round, but it yeah. does—I find it does get harder in the second and third round.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, 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 think, I think maybe the reason we don't see as much of it anymore is um, for that reason, and then just how you know there are similar power level, or maybe better, end phase mm-hmm. cards. But yeah.
1: I tend to look at Mad as being the opposite side of the same coin as Supremacy. Yeah. In that, if you're playing against an objective or a defensive build, you may struggle to score Supremacy because they'll push you off, or they'll they'll be competing for the objectives. But because they probably won't do so much killing, you're probably more likely to score Mad Whereas yeah. the uh, whereas in a, in objective a, objective um oh sorry aggressive warband they might be less likely to be actually you know they'll, they'll kill your guys to make that very hard but you still might be able to score supremacy if you're good enough to to keep you guys back so yeah i kind of think like in my head i'm thinking well i'm probably going to score one or the other and if i can score both that's brilliant but if you know it's not the end of the world if i only score one of them
0: yeah I think that's a good point I think it may be a bit meta dependent because mm. if you're in an aggro meta where you know you know you're gonna get charged three or four times um it may not be that reliable but if if you're against a control build then I think it's an amazing card yeah because um, it's basically unstoppable mm. <laughs> so yeah that's, no. that's a that's a great point um mm-hmm. uh let's see have you ever messed with uh infant in, infestation? <laughs> no no i
1: haven't um one of one of my blog um blog readers dan khan who messages me a bit on facebook um he's been all on um (laughs) all on infested uh, infestation but i I just can't go there
0: (laughs) you just i think you have to take a lot of objective removal or flipping yeah Mm -hmm. and maybe if we get more of that in the future, it'll be <laughs> more doable. I've I've seen it pulled off, and it's very cool when it happens. But yeah, um, I wouldn't say that it's reliable, particularly in a like best of three tournament setting. So. No,
1: <laughs> I I feel like um maybe this is doing it a bit of a disservice, but I reckon that that would be a great way to have a deck that kind of did some of those things. It'd be a really fun way to bring new players in. Like that would be a because we. Yeah. I can't remember who said it, but you know, that's a, like most people tend to look at this as an aggro game. So it'd be great mm-hmm. that if you said, Here you go, you can be Reavers, I'll be hits. And then yeah. use that to kind of a, look, I got five glory for just standing on these tokens that I haven't really explained to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, I think there's, there's potential and potential for a meme deck, but I don't know about an actual. I wouldn't be slaving it for
0: Grand Clash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think the only other objective that caught my eye is uh, one of their Power Unbound cards, which yes. is Petty Vindication. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that one, I, I know I personally have overlooked it until recently, um, but it's its not a bad card. Like No, um, um, that was it. in my notes I have looked at it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one glory, and all you have to do is score two other objective cards in the round Round. um Mm -hmm. you know which is which is very easy to do it's not like um you know uh combination strikes where they have to be surges or some of the other Mm -hmm. ones we've had in the past where they have to be end phase cards it's just at all um so i could see that being a really nice filler card that you know may also help you get inspired um yeah i took the
1: words right out of my mouth it is that for that filling um, and smoothing out a bad draw too. Like you, you know, mm-hmm. usually I'll look at it. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I think that the mulligan rules are so harsh that it's rare that I'll ever mulligan. But normally I'll go if I can if I've got petty vindication and one surge, I'll be like, Yep, okay, this is this is this is gonna do me. You know, I'm I'll get where I need to go with this. Um, particularly and I use fired up in the same way because right. with smooth sn- you can pretty much guarantee that you'll score that from round one onwards.
0: Exactly. Yep. Um, yeah, up <clears throat> for them.
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, sorry, I'm just kind of <laughs> moving on to ploys, I guess. Is there any yeah. other? Yeah. So, I really like Sneaky Step. Um, yep. Although it's, it's interesting that, you know, as the, universal card pool builds up again after the rotation i'm finding it hard to have both that
0: and sidestep so you know mostly for style points i go for sneaky step (laughs) i I think it's Um, a question sometimes whether or not you should include uh the second sidestep or two steps forward yeah Uh, and it's it's not an easy choice because i think I, i actually think it is a choice because sometimes you really don't want that opponent push Maybe yeah. if you're going for uncontested or something like that. Um, but, I mean, Sidestep's a great card, so it's it's cool that they have their own, their own version of it. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, and then the rest of the ploys are fairly <laughs> light on. Um, we, at my local games workshop, we did a faction-only tournament, which was... No, as you yeah. can imagine, not particularly balanced, but I, I ended up taking worms back, which was
2: a big mistake.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> mostly because I just painted them and I wanted to play with them. But, um, but I, when I was looking at the gits, um, make some noise is one that I'd started to appreciate. So that allows you to push both your squigs up to two hexes, yeah. Um, and again, like it's hard to fit into um, to 10 cards in the same way that fungal blessing is hard to fit in. But, you know, you, you could do worse than either one of those.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, fun- Fungal Blessing is another one that it's not a bad card, and that one extra damage mm. can be really nice. I, I think that mm. because it's a reaction to you, what it does is if you lose a fighter, you can react and do one damage to the enemy. Mm. Um, I think because I think the enemy be kind of controls it. Oh, Sorry, what?
1: It has to be adjacent, I think. It's not like yeah. the... Uh...
0: It does have uh, to be a Jason. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those cards that, like, I've always... I, I would be glad to have it in my hand if it was a faction-only deck. <laughs> but <laughs> for a competitive deck, um, I think maybe because, you know, you have to lose a fighter, um, I think maybe it's just not quite as good as, you know, maybe some other damage cards. Like, obviously, yeah. like Pit Trap or um, Inspired Attack, things like that, but i would say it's playable
1: yeah Uh, i'm just thinking as we're talking i'm wondering about uh unexpected pitfall and if we were to do a sort of a spell heavy or a damage heavy build that could be another filler where you could get you could get another trigger for your. um
0: yeah that would be interesting the damage would have to kill them so i guess it would you know you'd have to already have them at one health but yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah that would be interesting um, mm. We've already mentioned Jealous Hex. I think that's a decent card, but mm. we've uh, sort of talked about how it relies on Zarbag sticking around to cast it. And it's not exactly a hard spell to cast, but it's not quite as easy as uh, un, uh, Withering or Akshi. So I think it's mm. something you would take if you wanted to double up on Withering. Yeah. Uh, and the, the fact that it has to go
1: on the highest wound fighter can be a little
0: bit, you
2: know.
0: Yeah that extra restriction that is true yeah it it is a little bit more restricted um i I couldn't think of any upgrades could you (laughs) (laughs) okay
1: so i've got a couple but yeah you're right it's it's and that's that's one of the weaknesses uh well it's not really a weakness but it's just um so vindictive glare if you really wanted to try spells you could do worse um that's true but, a, yep. but again you, you're putting you know those eggs in, in a three wound
0: basket if um I remember correctly it's a three range spell attack i think it does let me see here it is it does extra damage on a crit yeah uh, and it, it's, hit, it's it does unz- hit on channel yeah so they're not too bad it's just the, the the two dice i think um you know don't make those crits very re- reliable but mm. it is accurate in general. So that's interesting. I have seen yeah. it played um, to maybe varying effectiveness.
1: I, I'd i completely forgotten it existed, and I was sorting out my cards. <laughs> oh, that was cool. I oh, do well, I've never seen that before. Um, other than that, I'd say Endless Whirl is an incredibly fringe option for snark. but if you wanted to go there, you know, have at it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you'd have to get him in the middle. I feel like you'd have to be hitting multiple fighters for it to be worth, mm-hmm. you know, not just using his normal action. Exactly. Um, but, um, yeah, it's,
1: it's and an interesting... Grizzled Survivor is another one. So that just gives um, Drezgit one extra shield, which, mm-hmm. again, like I'm always really reluctant to have any upgrades that are restricted to a single fighter. Um, yeah. But. Uh, It does, like, Driesgit only has the one weakness, really, which is his single shield defense. And this completely plugs that hole. So, yeah, again, I couldn't, I don't think that unless you were playing in a tournament with some restrictions, I I can't see having the space there.
0: Yeah. But it could could be all right. Um, Yeah, something worth keeping in mind. And, you know, maybe mm -hmm. at the beginning of a season or something, you know, some of these less powerful cards could be worth considering. But you know. um, and just one, if you'll
1: permit me, um, caller <laughs> is one I would really like to call out as a total trap. Um, you see <laughs> sure. it pretty often in in like um, people when they're putting together their first Gits build. Yeah. And I mean, I get it because it's really it's an it's got evocative art. It kind of looks like it makes sense to them. <laughs> And you are leaning into that action economy. But the, right. econ- the action that you're making economical is so bad that, you know, and even actually setting it up to make it actually even happen. Like in theory, you can go, okay, yeah, you know, if I'm standing next to two arches, you know, that'll work. But actually right. executing that on the tabletop is actually much harder than it sounds because you've got to have two arches next to each other in range of the same enemy and you're not charging although you can charge adjacent one, but it's yeah it's it's one just just leave that in your binder folks it's not (laughs) worth it
0: yeah yeah i I think maybe the only reason to ever take it was when maybe if you wanted another way to do keep them guessing but they were already so good at that um it, it was funny that i think at one point you could do one action and score keep them guessing if you had a volley collar set up but that's just so many moving pieces that it's not really realistic yeah. um but i think that's a good uh, show um what kind of universal cards do you think you're looking for um when you put a gets uh deck together you know either in the past or now or um, in general what kind of stuff do you think we're looking for
2: well,
1: after we just kind of rubbished their faction cards, <laughs> I feel like I have to say all of them. Um, <laughs> right, right. But, but I mean, specifically, I look for good surges in the upgrade uh, objectives. Yeah. Um, and then also anything that's passive, like any like fired up, uh, mm-hmm. solid gains. Paul Keep them guessing. You know that was that was the gold standard. So. <laughs> I guess anything, yeah, anything that I can, or, or that interacts with objectives, uh, objective tokens. Um, so I guess it's going to be very similar to a number of the other older warbands where yeah, that's where you're going to get your power from. And I feel like what keeps, as you were saying, keeps them mid-tier or mid-tier or higher is that their, their fighter cards are so good and there's so much latent energy and power in there so you but you are looking for for all of what makes your deck your your power and objective deck drive you're getting that from the universal pool so push cards are are another one um that Mm -hmm. are really important um and um also upgrades i really like anything that can give me glory so I'm still yeah. in that head um, sort of trying to figure out the balance because I'd really like to keep Cryptic Companion, but I'm not sure that I can. Um, you know, Time of Glories is magnificent. Um, you know, Amberbone Weapons, uh, Formless Key. I I keep wanting to try the actual keys. And and when I started, I had a couple of, like two or three keys. Right. Um, but... I feel like you, you are a bit down on mobility. So if you happen to, you know, just dumb luck, that the two keys that you've got are both on the other side of the board.
2: Like
1: <laughs> that, that's going to be a bit of a problem. Um, also, yeah. um, I feel, yeah, like you can also get a bit of extra glory out of upgrades in terms of uh, Catarfrane Tomes. Uh, and I didn't mention that earlier when we are talking about builds. Um, yeah, that's I, true. For a long time i played... Um, an acolyte of the Cataphrane's build and found that to be really effective.
0: Because you uh, would put them on Snurk, right?
1: Oh, uh, no, I'd, I'd actually just tend to play that fairly flexibly. Snurk was often a candidate, but Zabag equally. Oh, yep. before um, even um, Tome of Vitality, before that got restricted, I'd even just throw them on a random archer who was in the corner. You know, it wouldn't sure. really,
0: there wasn't, as I said, like nothing strategic from that that side of things. <laughs> yeah, that makes um, sense. I, I hmm. mean, I, I, that that might still be pretty decent. I yeah. just think you probably can't take Tome of Offerings or um, Tome of Vitality. Yeah. So, and you still probably want Temporary Victory, Scrum, maybe Calculated Risk. So you'd have to you'd have to fit that in with uh, Acolyte, yeah. and then probably. He'd serve. So yeah, they, it could be a little bit hard getting your restrictions. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're right about the Glory, though, and the upgrades. I think they need some way um, to make up for other Glory they know they're going to give up from dying. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think one of the other things that can be important, unless you're doing something like a Tome build, is have those upgrades be as useful for everyone as possible. Um, for sure because you have so many fighters and you will be losing them and you may not always have control over which ones you lose. Um, you know, I think like you were saying earlier, you don't, if you have too many great strengths, but not enough weapons or something, then the archers start feeling pretty useless. So I think Mm. you want to spread that stuff out. Um, yeah, if you can. So, Mm. um, and then I think pushes, you know, mobility, accuracy, if you're Mm. going that way. So
2: Mm.
0: I think that makes sense. Um, Let's move on to matchups. What um, what do you think are their preferred matchups, and you know what are the matchups they don't want to see across the table?
1: <laughs> okay, um, so I generally like to see smaller warbands. Um, mm-hmm. So if it's, I mean, curse breakers are a bit <laughs> maybe not so much them, but um, yeah. I feel like that really we, we alluded that uh, you know to that earlier when we said that There was, you know, it always feels like there's more of them, and I feel right. like a small band you're, you're just compounding that action like that, that uh, that numeric advantage. Um, also because if you've taken, well, I mean, you probably take distraction, and if you've invested in nightmare as one of your restricted slots, you, that push card becomes so much stronger if they've only got three or four guys. Um, yeah, that's true. And also, it makes, makes easy, like it's harder for them to contest objectives. Yeah, so I, I generally say I'd like something, like to see something a bit smaller. Um,
0: right. And then. Yeah. Because <clears throat> how do you? So like, if you're against something like thorns, um, mm. you may feel like you're trading one for one, or they have the ability to block out more parts of the board, things like that. Is yeah. That yeah,
1: and also, um, I feel like. you'd have to use some of those particularly, you know, like distraction pushes
2: Mm -hmm.
1: on sort of just pushing people off objectives. Um, I do run Confusion because Shortcut is one of my favourite surges. So I can get around it at a little bit, but I feel like you're not using it for its full potential if you're just pushing somebody off an objective. Uh, Particularly Mm -hmm. if if you, you know, they'll they'll make that battleground that you want to kind of own. Um, right in saying that with thorns, I feel like you've got that advantage in the fighter cards. Like, you guys get two dodge easier, and I think you'll you've played thorns a a lot, I I think. Um, sure, yeah, yeah, so you'd have a better attack stat than most thorns.
0: I'm just trying to remember off, yeah. I, I think, I think you definitely do. I think that the. The, probably the the interesting Quite. thing about that matchup is if the queen can say get mm. sudden appearance in your backline, inspire. Yeah. Sometimes she can be a real nightmare because she's just mm. she has so many targets. Yeah. Uh, you may need to be ready to you know try to kill her, but which can be difficult. Mm. Uh, but I think in general you're right that the you do have the stat advantage there, um, mm. and. I think if you're if you are trading fighters one for one, they're going to start feeling the losses a lot more. Um yeah, true. So you may be able to take that positional Particularly advantage. Particularly squigs become pretty dangerous when they can one shot. Yeah. A, failure to a fighter. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think, another, better,
0: I, um, think I think another exception think. might be the uh, the Grimwatch as well because um, I think you're actually pretty good at stopping their Inspire. Yeah. Um, and they don't get more they don't get more defensible. So yeah, that's kind of interesting as well. Mm, no, I think I think that, that match is
1: is reasonable. Um, I mean, I haven't played them since they've uh oh, had yeah. their, since since the FAR, but you know, I think you you lose that thing where they just go, oh whoops, there's ten glory.
2: <laughs> uh, so yeah,
0: they're they're a but, lot more um, toned down now. I, I I actually think that uh. Particularly the way that, uh, the, if you're playing them aggressively, I think gets love the the Grimwatch matchup.
2: Because mm-hmm.
0: um, almost every attack is just going to kill something. <laughs> yeah. You could charge four times and really mess them up, and then they don't inspire, and then... Um, yeah, it, it, and you can, gets- again, you can also, you can make that charge and
1: still put somebody else on an objective. It's just, that's where you can really make Scurry work for you. And also Drisket's ability, like my favourite thing to do with them is to just fire the squigs straight forward Mm -hmm. and say, you deal with those guys and then I'll be back here on my objectives. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, In contrast, I find that those warbands that are kind of in that middle space, you know, five or six fighters can be, well, five particularly, um, can (laughs) be a bit challenging. I mean, sort of jumping ahead to the ones that we don't, that I don't like fighting. Um, Yeah and particularly those ones that can deal large amounts of damage at range. Yeah. So Hrothgawn and Profiteers, I really don't like. And um, fortunately Hrothgorn they've got rid of that uh, Hunter's instincts um, combo, which was just vile.
0: Yeah, um, the reaction blocking, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was skate- awful. Just skating around the board with his
1: crossbow, um, <laughs> it was not fun. Um, but yeah, still like just being able to to cap a guy at range three is not
0: is not yeah. great. And and something that we haven't really mentioned, um, although they do have pretty good attack stats, they can have some difficulty getting high damage. Um, yeah. so it can be difficult for them to kill a Rothgorn, a Molog. Um I found Magors, especially if the Magors win the board roll off and set up wide, um, sometimes it can be difficult to know get through the health of those fighters um, yes. fast enough and if they're making their attack rolls um, particularly in the first round um, sometimes that can be tough
2: mm.
0: no
1: for sure it's it's um fortunately i think like um i feel like time of offerings or the the variance thereof like the trophy hunter or the trophy belt right that it's that matchup whereas i feel like with you know, if they don't get that, you know, Moloch, okay, if Moloch gets on a tear, you know, you're in trouble. But oftentimes yeah. you can just outglory glory them. Um, mm-hmm. Particularly if you can, you know, again, if you toss bag or you hit an early Buried Instinct and you can actually stop them getting on that glory train, like early doors. Right. Be, but, yeah, those kind of ones that, yeah, anything ranged, anything of that mid-size
0: where you still have good fighters is is yeah yeah i think that's true because if, if it's if it takes a lot of investment for you to actually get the kills um mm-hmm. you know like maybe you need to use a great strength or inspired attack or something like that um eventually you run out of those tools um so you mm-hmm. may not be able to kill all former gores or all the profiteers um and yeah. then you do have to rely on your you know your glory scoring So Hmm. I think that makes sense. And I think it it also, it's the sort of thing that as you play those matchups, you'll figure out when do you need to set up the boards, you know, more defensively, like when is it more important to have the three objectives versus a diagonal or a long board? Um, Although I don't know about you. I've found that I actually rarely want a long board um, with the gets, because I feel like it kind of puts me in a funnel. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't generally do it.
1: Um, I yeah. mean, I think part of that is just because I'm a bit lazy and it's, <laughs> you know, it kind of wrecks, like, particularly if you're playing at a tournament, it just kind of wrecks the the shui. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, funneling it uh, makes it challenging. And it just it's, seems like always it's, just more edge
0: hexes. Like it,
1: yeah. Right.
2: That's
0: true, too. Yeah. it's uh, I, I have seen that it's uh, the best way to play if you're trying to play on an airplane. <laughs> oh. I've seen... Okay. Uh, I think it was uh, I think it was Rob who was going to LVO, and they were playing on the uh, the plane over from England, so they had the logboard <laughs> But yeah. Uh, um,
1: well, I suppose we won't need to worry about that for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> um, cool. And I think we've already talked about the boards um, set up yep. previously, so I think we can kind of skip over yeah. that. Um, I think the, like if, I, if you just if I
1: can just uh, sure, yeah, say, just really, when picking a board, make sure that your golden rules are you want that that two pairs of starting hexes together. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably you don't want to put another lethal hex on your own board if it has one printed on it. So, <laughs> because trust me, your opponent is going to put one in your side. <laughs> and then if you're dancing around three, it gets a bit awkward
0: um that's true when you're setting up the fighters um i think you've already sort of alluded to that you usually put Zarbag in the front um do you usually prioritize trying to keep the little ones alive as long as possible by blocking with snark and um drisket
2: yeah
1: yeah it, it, um i mean i guess it depends i do like to have the and as uh, for, it doesn't make great podcasting to really talk about something you kind of got to say <laughs> But as I said, yeah. check my blog. I need to update my board's articles. But, um, yeah, there's yeah. a few options there. But I do like to kind of keep the arches, like I try not to put them all in the one spot. So I like a setup where if I've got one somewhere near the front in case I need to put pressure on or, you know, you might also be thinking that if you're running worn and short, sure, it might be nice to have one in range that if you draw that in your opening hand, you're good to go. Or mm-hmm. you draw that, you know, after you, you know, you surge into warning shot or something, because yeah. then I like to have one at the back as that kind of uh, sort of spare parts guy who can run forward and, and plug holes or whatever. Um. So I guess it would it would depend on your matchup too. Um, right. As to what you'll yeah. do, but yeah, Snurk usually somewhere near the middle. Zabag, as I said, up the front or um, you know, again depending on upgrades he who are yeah. fighting might go a bit further back where he can just sit on an objective and scheme.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think it really does depend on the matchup and how you're playing them. I've found that if you're playing particularly objective heavy, then you really want those little guys to stay around as long as possible because they're, you know, probably your best bet at holding objectives while the rest of them fight. Um, Mm -hmm. if you're being more aggressive then you probably want to make sure that they are in range for a charge um, you know when it's time to give them a weapon and things like that so Mm
2: -hmm.
0: uh, i think you have to lean into the the way that you're playing Um, what are some things for new players like what would you recommend they keep in mind if they were playing the war the warband for the first time
1: okay so probably the most important okay so two two things so so probably one of the most important is um, your scurry triggers.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so bearing in mind that you can only scurry from right to left or left to right, if that makes sense. So, like, if you're trying to scurry more than one, you know, if you can, again, not making great podcasting here.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> if you picture like a standard podium setup, you know, where you've got one in the middle and two and three on either side. Yeah. If you scurry with first or one, you will only be able to scurry with second or third. Um, But if you start at second or third, you'll be able to scurry the other two. So that might seem obvious, but I've I've lost games because of that, because I've just clean forgotten and gone, oh, no, (laughs)
2: I've
1: I've made a terrible mistake, and particularly if it's a charge. Like, normally people would be like, hang on, just do it the other way around. But if it's a charge, you know, are like, oh, okay, well, i kind of made a big error there. The other one, and I feel like this is a real, um, particularly if you're thinking tournament thoughts, um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is to really work on that deployment um, and figure out how you're deploying, which boards you like, uh, how it links to your deck, as I described earlier, because... Yeah you know if you can preload that and make that part of almost your muscle memory so you know where you're deploying or you know just even have it on your phone and just pull up the, the picture of how you deploy it, you'll save yourself so much mental energy because you know when you when you three or four rows well, rounds in yeah you know you don't want to have to go all right now if he puts that there I'm going to put this there and then that there that's going to just
2: <laughs> much
0: you know whereas
1: if you've got it worked out and particularly if you then so that's your beginner level is to plot out your deployments and then the next level after that is to work those scripts okay so on my first turn i'm gonna scurry this fighter here and this fighter here in case i draw this or
2: exactly. you know, set up
1: some of those uh those kind of standard plays which again just takes so much off your mind
0: yeah, I, I think what you said earlier um, about how you could even just set a board up with your fighters on it, um, mm. with some objectives, and just kind of play that first those first couple activations out um, mm. in your head, you realize you realize things like, oh, you know, I have the wrong fighter in the middle. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, if you're going to charge with Zarbag, then you need to make sure he's on the edge, or if you want Snurk to do something, you need to make sure he's you know, two hexes away from the thing you want because he only moves two. Um, mm. Things like that. I mean, this this is the most complex warband from a model perspective. So I think um, I think you're right that the the preparation um, you do before the game is probably the most important. So mm. I, th- I, th- I and think that's you, what know, ne-
1: like. you know, now that we're all pooped up at home, it's kind of like, <laughs> now you've never, there's never been a better time. To right. Play
0: yeah that's true sad. <laughs> yeah we, we have all the time in the world to sit and move the gets around so exactly exactly yeah but, um, i guess we should give a shout out to the the boards articles that you did um you have i think each one has two or three different boards with all the fighters laid out on them uh yeah. in the different ways so um mm. and you know whether you use the ones that you have in the article or um kind of make your own setup i think it's a great idea In general, but particularly for gets, to sort of know what boards you want to use and how you'll probably set up on that board. So, yeah,
1: for sure. And I feel like that's another good thing about them, just generally, is that they will make you better play. Like, like, they will make you better, like, because you'll start thinking that and you'll get in the habits of thinking about matchups and thinking about deployments and stuff. Whereas if you're playing McGraws, you might just be like, (laughs)
0: yeah. (laughs)
1: stack them all on the front line and away you go um no disrespect to Magor's
0: players <laughs> no i think i think you can learn a lot of things from Magor's too but i i think they may yeah. be a little bit more uh one-dimensional in, in some yeah. ways um yeah I, sure. I don't know I, I recently took Magor's but i was playing objectives and uh, uh to the end so there's there's some weird stuff you can do with them but <laughs> yeah nice yeah um, cool. I think that is everything that I had um, for the gets. Did, was there anything else you wanted to uh, mention?
1: I just just covering off that um, new player stuff is. Sure. I just encourage people to um, always be learning from your mistakes. And like we've seen a few uh, posts on like Facebook and stuff where people are like, oh, this warband's junk. You know, like <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, there's there's nothing we can do with this one or it's this one's OP. It's like, well. Okay, maybe, but try and draw something out of it. You know, yeah. learning and making mistakes is all part of it. So, yeah, I mean, I've never pretended to be, you know, the best player with gits or anything, but I, that was part of the idea behind the blog was I'd be talking about how I'm learning too. So I would definitely just, just take those losses in the stride and and reflect on it and make a yeah. difference.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, you know, for any whatever warband you want to play. I remember when the Wormspat first came out, everyone was saying they were really, really bad. And then um, I think you know, two tournaments in a row, they got top two or top four, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I, I think I think you should never underestimate the you know how far just playing a warband a lot and uh, sort of keeping an open mind and learning from the the negative experiences, how powerful that can be. So, Mm. um, cool. And, you know, that's, I guess that's why we, uh, why we were doing these episodes. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) um, I think that's it for the gets questions. So let's move. We're going to just do some rapid fire questions real quick and then, uh, we'll call it a day. Um, these can be sort of as quick as you want. Um, what is your favorite fighter in the game? Um, probably, uh, well, Drisget would be up there. Um, yeah.
1: But I'd probably go Yulthari. I
0: really like it. Mm. Interesting. Um, mm. Next one is, and I guess we may know part of the answer to this one. Um, What is your favorite war band to play? And what does that say <laughs> about you as a person? <laughs> Ooh. Well, I mean, I do like to
1: think that I stand up for the little guy. So I'd say that, yeah, that gets... <laughs>
0: champion of the underdog i am <laughs> ah okay okay um if you could bring any card from season one back to the current championship format what would it be change your tactics not even going to think about that just straight up oh ah, not keep them guessing huh <laughs> i guess it's not season, season one. two yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay you're right um if you could change one thing about a current warband or card what would it be um,
1: okay, so I'd really like to change the orcs and just make them better. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <I suppose. laughs> but my, my, this one might be a bit left field, but seeing where there are added thorns, can we give them names? Like we've, we've got the template now for for giving <laughs> you know subtypes to things. Uh-huh. Let's give them like nearly headless Nick is fine, but you know <laughs>
0: yeah that's they should name them they should like pick the community's like top names for them. Uh, then we're going
1: to end up
0: with ghosty, at ghost-based, you know, that? <laughs> that can be one of them. That can be one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Um, let's see. Uh, just the last thing is uh, where can people find out about you if they want to hear more from you? I think we've mentioned the blog. Um, yeah. Uh, are you yeah, active blog, on Facebook or any of the discords, anything like that?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm on, um, I'm on the Facebook. Just search my name. Um, i should get on the discord i'm on the discord for other things so i should do that but uh yeah or the blog fairly active yeah. on the facebook though that's another way to
0: get in touch yeah yeah definitely i and if anyone hasn't checked out the blog i really can't recommend it enough so uh definitely uh looking forward to anything new that you that you are yeah. so, <clears throat> i would like to uh i know you 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 sort of teased us in the last one that you would have a uh far uh, article up so oh
2: yeah all right okay talk talk me to it (laughs) (laughs) right cool
0: yeah
1: yep Uh, i'll get i'll get under that it's funny it's just because of being in isolation like i tend to listen to podcasts like yours you know as i'm driving in to work and back because it's about you know an hour commute for me so i get basically get it all in my head then and just (laughs) jump it onto the keyboard so so i've lost that opportunity but i will i'll try and make time
0: yeah. Yeah. It's similar for me because I've been working from home and mm. I'm on the computer all day. And sometimes the last thing I want to do is get back on the computer and do this stuff. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a bit of a struggle, but uh, I guess. No, but it's been an absolute
1: pleasure talking Underworlds with you today. So it, it, that's got the fire back in the belly, I think.
0: <laughs> great. Great. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for awesome. um, doing this episode with us's been a lot of fun. Um, mm. to go ahead and do the outro now. Um, all right everyone that is it for this episode. If you have any feedback questions or comments, let us know on Facebook at path to Glory podcast. you can also follow us on Podbean where you can find the show notes for this episode. Rate us on iTunes. Uh, if you'd like to support us in more tangible ways, um, consider uh, supporting us on patreon at patreon.com/path to Glory. Thanks for listening, and we wish you the best of luck on your path to glory. And I forgot to tell you, but we want you to say "nice" or something, uh, something silly, at the end there.
1: Nice. <laughs>